Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Given the global picture, he is the perfect person with whom I could speak today. Admiral James Stavridis is a retired four-star U.S. Naval officer, currently the vice chair for global affairs and managing director of the Carlisle Group. That's a global investment firm. He's also the 12th chair of the Rockefeller Foundation Board, served as the dean of the law school at Tufts. But most importantly for our purposes today, you know that he served as the NATO Alliance Supreme Allied Commander from 2009 to 2013. For more information on the Admiral, check out his website. It's AdmiralStavStav.com. You can follow him on social media at Stavridis. Jay. Admiral, welcome back. The president went to Ukraine. Putin gave a bellicose speech, then suspended participation in the START nuclear treaty. What stands out to you from the last couple of days? Well, it was a tale of two speeches, if you will. Number one, uh, you have Putin, who is just uh, providing us a glimpse of hell. Um, It's a pit of lies and deceit. On the other hand, you have the American president, wherever you are on the political spectrum, you ought to be proud of our president because his speech was a beacon of light that towered over the dark scenes below. I thought it was a true contrast. Point two, Michael, echoes, and I'm old enough to remember Ronald Reagan's speech at the Berlin Wall. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Essentially, this was... Mr. Putin, take your forces out of Ukraine. And also some echoes even before my time of John F. Kennedy, um, Ich ein Berliner, words he spoke saying, I am a Berliner in the height of the Cold War, providing that reassurance to the Ukrainian people. So pretty remarkable couple of days, quite a contrast. And I'll close with this, Michael. I've been a speechwriter. I know how hard it is to craft a speech. Uh, I thought the speech itself was a masterpiece because it had to speak to four audiences. It had to create reassurance to the Ukrainians, unity to the Europeans, explain the stakes to Americans, and it had to really be defiant in the face of Vladimir Putin. So all in all, pretty good day for democracy. President Biden's speech, I was able to follow and understand, obviously. President Putin's, I have to rely on the summations because of the language gap. But, Admiral, from what I read, he doesn't seem like a guy looking for an exit ramp. No, he is, in fact, uh, driving his train straight at the tunnel. And I think, ultimately, Russia is going to get flattened as a result of this, because I don't see any back and down on the part of the West either. In fact, quite the opposite. And, you know, there are so many different metrics you could look at, but um, here's one you don't hear about a lot because we talk about the military balance. Let's talk about economics just for one moment. Talk about gross domestic product. That's what nations produce in goods and services. United States, about 25% of the world's GDP. European Union, another 25%. Add in Japan, Australia, South Korea, Canada, another 10 to 15 percent. Let's call it 65 percent of the world's GDP. On the other side, Russia, 2 percent of the world's GDP. Will China throw in with Russia fully? 
I don't think so. But even if they did, China's 15% of the world's GDP. So the economic stakes are stacked against Vladimir Putin alongside, I believe, the military balance, which is going against him at the moment. Okay, so you just referenced where I wanted to go next. I'm looking at page one of the New York Times two days ago. I literally clipped it out and wrote Stavridis at the top. U.S. strives to head off global rift, China moles arming Russia, so says Anthony Blinken. I mean, is this where it's headed? Russia, China, Iran, North Korea on one side, the United States, Ukraine, our European and Asian allies, including Japan and South Korea on the other. It's it's uh, it's World War Three in the making. I think it's unlikely we'll end up with such a stark set of contrasts. Um, because I think President Xi is too smart to fall into that trap. He's too patient. We need to understand this about Xi. Not only is he a, a very capable, very intelligent, strategic thinker and leader, he's also a patient man. Look at his biography. He spent almost seven years as a young man on a collective farm shoveling manure when his family was disgraced in the Cultural Revolution. He's not impulsive. He doesn't lunge at the ball. He is playing a pretty smart hand of cards right now. So, Michael, I think China will flirt with providing some additional aid to Russia. But I don't see President Xi falling into the trap of going down the path of this debacle that President Putin has unleashed on the world. So, no, I don't think we'll end up in a a new World War III. Is it possible? Perhaps unlikely in my view you know i love my daily poll question you have inspired several of them in the past in fact that that which broke the fifty thousand vote barrier for the first time was a stavridis production so today admiral the question is whether china's supplying of lethal support for russia would be a red line in the perception of the united states your thought on that Uh, If I were taking the poll question, I would probably vote it would be a red line. If what you mean by a red line, here we immediately get complicated, but if what you mean by a red line is a sharp, distinct break in U.S.-China relations, um, I think that it could be a red line. Would it mean that the U.S. will uh, go to war with China? Absolutely not. But it would be a significant break. And I think that that's what Secretary Blinken uh, was communicating privately, appropriately, and directly to his counterpart, Wang Yi, over the past weekend at the Munich Security Conference. China needs to understand we would view that in the gravest possible terms. And, And finally, Admiral, is our cupboard bare? from our support for Ukraine. This from the Wall Street Journal editorial page. She and his war hawks may be willing to take a risk if they want to prevent a Russian defeat in Ukraine. China may want to bleed the West of its weapons and see if Russia can outlast political support in Washington and European capitals for Ukraine. This would be foolish and bad for China and the world, but the possibility is one more urgent reason for members of both parties to get serious about rebuilding U.S. defenses. I ask you as a former NATO Supreme Allied commander, is the cupboard running bare? Um, The cupboard is running down a bit, but I can assure you, having uh, run those enormous combatant commands, not only 
uh, NATO, but U.S. European Command, U.S. Southern Command, we have the inventory and what we have been providing thus far have been excess stocks. Let's say we go to the full Monty and we give the Ukrainians F-16s. We're not going to take those out of current U.S. inventory. They'll come out of uh, refurbished Boneyard or Allies. Uh, so bottom line, our cupboard is a little less well stocked maybe than it was a year ago, but it is certainly a pretty full cupboard. And I'll close with this, Michael, uh, defense budgets. We kind of did GDP a minute ago. Defense budgets, U.S., $800 billion. Europeans, $300 billion collectively. Our other allies, call it another $20 billion. All in, that's $1.2 trillion. Stack that up against China, maybe $250 billion. Russia, only $80 billion. Bottom line, the West has three times the military capability, capital stock, budget, however you want to measure it. No, we are not going to run out of weapons. We ought to be mindful of our weaknesses, and we ought to, final thought, turn the dial and be spending more on things like cyber, unmanned vehicles, space, and yes, the Admiral's going to say it, ships, maritime capability, because that's what will deter China. That's really the main ball in the 21st century. I'm more concerned about Americans holding it together in support of Ukraine than I am the Ukraine military holding it together against Russia. Absolutely correct. Um, Our greatest weakness in the United States of America, and you and I have talked about this many times, are the divisions in our country. We need to come together on this one as a minimum because it's so important to the future of all that we value, all that we cherish. Your website is AdmiralStavStav.com. Via social media, it's at StavridisJ. I look forward to our next conversation, and I thank you so much. Thank you, and I'm going to go take the poll right now. Thank you. Okay. Your incoming vote from Admiral Stavridis. Thank you, Admiral. <laughs> I appreciate you it. Bye. Thank, thank you, sir. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. TC, it's funny. Uh, Wolf Blitzer last week said to me, uh, love, he said, the daily newsletter. I don't know if he votes, but he said, I love the daily newsletter. Of course and I was he like, votes. Ah, this is so great. Of course now, he votes. He and Admiral Stavridis are two of the 50,000. Yeah, this the fact that you have Admiral Stavridis voting at Smirconish.com is, is very pretty awesome. Cool. That's a big deal. Now, I have to confess something else, oh. which is that when when I'm going to tell a tale out of school and then I'm going to regret it. But when Should Wolf stop? said to me, I of course not. I so enjoy the daily newsletter. There may have may or may not have been a, another person on the line who told us, you loyal listeners, that I should think of her first name as rhyming with banana. There's your clue. Okay. Wow. That's the so Singer subtle. Rose. <laughs> and this individual may or may not have said newsletter. What newsletter? And it may have been a crushing blow did to that, the host of this did program. Did that break your heart? Did that completely? It yes. Did. I, it's your baby. I, that's just not right. I'm so sorry. Stomach. 
stomach punch. May, may I say, do I have time for this? I think that I do. May I say something else about uh, Admiral Stavridis reflecting on President Biden, President Biden leaving Poland today? Uh, well, first of all, I, I want to play a clip from the Biden speech that the admiral just, I think, so correctly praised. Here's the president yesterday. Nearly one year ago, I spoke at the Royal Castle here in Warsaw. Just weeks after Vladimir Putin had unleashed his murderous assault on Ukraine, the largest land war in Europe since World War II had begun, and the principles that have been the cornerstone of peace, prosperity, and stability on this planet for more than 75 years were at risk of being shattered. One year ago, the world was bracing for the fall of Kyiv. Well, I just come from a visit to Kyiv, and I can report Kyiv stands strong. So the president delivered those remarks in Poland at at the Royal Palace. And I have to say, for me, because I was there nine months ago, it really brought home a lot of memories and and kind of a funny story that I'll, I'll quickly share with you. Uh, I was there, you will remember, for a, a broadcast. I'm so, so thrilled that I was able to do this. And and I owe it all to a, a fellow named John Lynch, who is an expat, meaning from the States, now lives in Poland. He's an American businessman, very active over there in a whole host of, of business-related endeavors. He and I overlapped as undergraduates at Lehigh. He and I overlapped as graduate students at Penn. He was at Wharton. I was in the law school. We didn't know one another, but he reached out for me about this time, maybe a a few weeks after the invasion actually occurred. And he said to me, we don't know each other, but we have a lot in common, one degree of separation. You really need to come over here and see the remarkable Polish relief effort for Ukrainians. And we were able to make it work. I was able to broadcast live on Sirius XM uh, on a particular day. It was a Friday and then do my Saturday program from Warsaw and and had as my guest Mark Brzezinski, uh, ambassador to Poland from the United States. And yes, brother of. Uh, and it was just a remarkable experience for me to actually be there and to go to the relief effort and to see what the Poles were doing in support of, of Ukraine. I mean, it was it was it was absolutely astounding. Now the funny part. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. So uh, I followed all of John's recommendations as to how to stage and, and carry out this trip. And I stayed at the Hotel Bristol or Bristol Hotel on the top of which there is a balcony. And if you've watched Caitlin Collins on CNN in the last couple of days, she's standing exactly where I was in delivering my broadcast. On the day that I broadcast, TC will probably remember this. She wasn't there, but she played a role behind the scenes. It was a total cluster. <laughs> How could I, I forget? I almost didn't make it there. <laughs> the connections didn't work. I mean, we were truly on an international cable outlet with pop uh, what no, do they say popsicle sticks and no teleprompter and no nothing like it was crazy i remember i totally no te- remember no no teleprompter yep. and and also and also when i it's so funny john among john lynch's many successful businesses he's in the outerwear business and it was freezing so 
<laughs> when I arrived, he handed me an, uh, a, a jacket, like a slicker, one that said Sirius XM and one that said CNN. And I took a look at them and I thought, that's a nice gesture. I don't know if I would really ever wear that on air. Okay, and? I said to myself. <laughs> All right, so now I'm on the balcony, and it's outside. And strangely, the temperature was not so bad outdoor, but the balcony where you'll see Caitlin Collins today again um, is a wind tunnel. And I sat there trying to do a rehearsal, but you're right, not having a teleprompter and freezing my ass. And John was there. And I'm like, John, (laughs) please get me that windbreaker with the big CNN logo. And he laughed because he knew – he knew that I was I was going there because of the the chilly temp, and he ended up being a great guest of mine that day on the uh, on the CNN broadcast, as as he was on the SiriusXM broadcast. Okay, the funny part is this: this is a hotel that is a fabulous place that gets a lot of celebrity clientele, and at the ground level of the Bristol Hotel in Warsaw, they they post doorknobs engraved with the names of their celebrity guests and so you'll yeah you you will go there and you will see every a-list celebrity that you can imagine there there, there are probably a hundred of them so, so this is like artwork this home, is like wait i need to ex- understand this this is not these aren't the actual yeah. doorknobs on hotel doors this is like an art installation of doorknobs with the names of the celebrities well, on them they don't open doors okay, first First of all, I actually have what I'm describing for you, and I will post in social media today. Okay. Okay. And note, 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 TC, what they actually are are brass doorknobs. And on the brass doorknob, it would say Sting. No, I understand or it would that. Say but Nelson is, Mandela, this, is Sting's or, doorknob opening a door? No. Okay. Just like you look at a wall and it's all doorknobs. It's an art installation. So John, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So so John, after I arrived home, said, hey, I have good news for you. No. You're going on the wall. No. And I'm like, come on. I, I'm a truly, truly, I'm not worth You and when Sting. When I saw the names, I saw the, Google it real quick, TC. This I, is I the doubt coolest you'll be able to thing find you'll ever that. see. Okay. So, so John yesterday is at the Biden speech. The Biden speech yesterday is is right next to where I stayed and like right within the hub of where I did my broadcast. And he took a photograph of himself against the wall of the doorknobs next to my doorknob and and sent it to me. And I said to him, who am I next to? And Bruce Springsteen. No. Boss. Hey, it's the Americans. Yeah. This is amazing. Is that the is that the coolest thing? That is so, so cool. Yeah. So I I got that going for me. I mean, you don't have to have anything nice. else going for you. That's incredible. Right. Anyway, I'll find it. I'll put it in social Please media, do. and I Please think you'll, you'll all you'll all get a, a huge a huge laugh out of it. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on SiriusXM's POTUS Channel One Twenty Four live weekdays from nine a.m. to noon east, or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for independent minds.